Well, good morning and welcome to the Gym Owners Fitness Business Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Ignite Fitness and Gym Business Events Australia and Global. Today is all about FIBO USA and the excitement and all of the new things, the new trends and everything that was happening out at Miami just a few weeks back. And today I have on the panel Cosmo Wallen, Yvonne Mickelen and Brian Green. Cosmo is CEO of Synergy Cubed. Yvonne is president and CEO of Aquila. And Brian is an entrepreneur of the wellness industry and Active Solutions. Good morning to the three of you. Good morning, morning Mel. Mel. Good morning, Mel. Now, for our audience that may not know much about you, I would just love for you to just share a little bit about your background. Cosmo, we'll go with you first. If you could tell people about, I mean, you've been in the industry for nearly three decades. So who is Cosmo and what are you up to? Thank you, Mel. Pleasure to be here. Um, yeah, I've been a consultant in the health and fitness space for going on 27 years. And basically, my company helps gyms make more money. We specialize in revenue stream optimization, profit center development, uh, retention strategies, and sales training. And I love working with all size businesses. And, you know, as Mel said, I've been three decades long. I've seen hundreds of ways that things have been done wrong and try to help gyms figure out the best way to do it right. Sam. I think there's a lot of opportunity there. There absolutely is, Cosmo. Now, Yvonne, let's just go across to you. Tell us what you've been doing in the industry. Wow. So, you know, likewise, I've been in the industry for 25 years. This two, this year is my 25-year anniversary. And um, I, my company manages and operates fitness and well-being centers and health promotion programs. So we take a look into not just fitness, but also well-being and health. Fantastic. And Brian, tell us all about your journey. Oh, wow. We're just dating ourselves today, aren't we? But not, <laughs> I do have, uh, have a few decades uh, in, the, in the fitness industry, and my passion has always been around designing, uh, you know, really uh, experience within the commercial health club and uh, amenity spaces. And you know, as CEO of Active Solutions, we are very, very focused on all things functional today and deepening those experiences. So I'm, I'm glad to be here and join you. Thank you. So, Brian, let's kick off actually with you. Now, obviously, you said that, um, you know, you've been with Active Solutions. Obviously, you're the founder and you're very passionate about the wellness industry and design. So let's let's talk a little bit about design. What did you see this year that was different as opposed to other years and also obviously at other conventions? Well, I just think that the marketplace is is very awake when it comes to what the expectations are in facility for fitness. Um, you know, that's in hospitality, that's everywhere from health club to studio today. And I think people are looking for, as I said, deeper training experiences today and there were some really good examples of how that's being done, but certainly people are focused on digital solutions, ways to create better guidance, right? Um, you know, connected, connected opportunities. People are better able to measure what they're doing and really, you know, hopefully always focus on, uh, you know, something that's results driven. So a lot of great examples of that. And, you know, it was, uh, it was really nice to see that type of engagement. Um, the type of attendees were very, very focused on that type of 
solution improvement and and really, you know, trying to build better businesses. And obviously, Brian, um, you had a booth at the show and your focus was on the new Active Academy and Active TV. How well received were those by club owners and by consumers coming through? Well, I think people understood that, you know, what we've tried to do is make it easier for operators to participate in functional and, and how to, you know, create sort of a, you know, a much broader offering something that's not just simply, you know, has the efficacy for all the great modalities that everybody wants to do, but something that, you know, really clients are going to go, wow, this is a great space to experience. And in the case of Academy, you know, a great construct and a way to, you know, build an environment where an operator can, you know, on their terms, on their brand, within their footprint, you know, really decide to, um, to be impactful and functional. And so, yeah, we, we had, very great responses. We were very grateful to uh, to see how it was received. Oh, that's fantastic to hear. Now, Yvonne and Cosmo, obviously both of you spent an enormous amount of time on the expo floor. Were there any new trends that you saw that you haven't seen previously that you think may be popular? Now, either one of you can answer that. Go ahead, Yvonne. You, you go first. You know, um, I've been to many conferences and many trade shows over the 25 years, and I really haven't seen, you know, one that pulls different types of people from different types of um, industries and lives uh, like FIBO does. You know, in the trade show, there was not just fitness people, but there were, you know, regular exercises, wannabe exercises, people that really were sort of interested in fitness, but sort of like... Um, moving around, uh, checking it out. And I think that was great because usually our con- con- conferences elsewhere are always very structured and very, um, you know, a lot of fitness people and fitness business. So I was glad to see all sorts of people that, you know, was walking around the, the, the trade show. And Cosmo? Um, well, I, I agree with Evan. I've also been to many expos over the years seen thousands of booths and i the what what impressed me the most about this fibo expo was the number of european vent technology vendors bringing in concepts that most of the other shows aren't showing because they're they don't have the european connections that fibo does yeah. and yeah. i think to touch on something brian said the user experience is very important and that's finally evolved to something that matters where it didn't but i think one of the things that the technology is now facilitated in the industry, and I saw some good examples of this at FIBO, is when we all started in the industry, people were selling, they sold memberships. Here's here's a box with equipment, people sold memberships. And then personal training evolved and people sold exercise and programming. And now, finally, with technology being so accessible and so varied, gyms, if they're smart, can finally sell results not just rent space with equipment or with somebody because now it's the technology that can actually both facilitate and track the results in a way that the consumer can actually make sense of it. And I think that's the biggest paradigm shift. And by seeing some of this new technology at FIBO really brought to the forefront, that's where the industry is going, not just technology for technology's sake, but really how does a consumer use it? How do they take advantage of it? Not just because it's cool and sharp, but because it actually shows them what's happening. And I love seeing that shift finally. 
I must know that. Uh, I must say, I noticed on the booth floor that there was an enormous amount of fun factor in everything that was displayed, right down, you know, to the group programming, to the expo stage. Even when I walked past the EMS stand, everybody was having a great time. Um, how important is the fun factor when it comes to results? Because I, I believe if there's no fun in exercising, it's going to be very hard to keep the consumer committed to going to the club in order to get the results. Do you think that we as an industry are now just sort of dropping the seriousness of exercise and creating more fun in the workouts? Well, I would just say, Mel, you know, from my perspective, I think it's, it's sort of, um, the tail wagging the dog now it's to your point you know the awareness around better energized and social experiences in you know communal exercise spaces whether they are health clubs or you know boutique studios people absolutely understand that if they're having fun they're probably less focused on the the pain and the boredom that can uh, historically be involved in the process you know, and I think that, you know, we all understand if we've been fortunate enough to, you know, participate in, you know, in a great setting and, and, you know, something that, uh, you know, is, is challenging and, and, and also, you know, energized by your fellow workout participant, whether or not you're training with them or just, you know, an adjacency to them. I think that, you know, people understand that, wow, energy begets energy. And, you know, when you're in that process and you're moving, you're probably going to get some level of, um, you know, real results-driven um, outcome, right? And that's just the basis for it. So, you know, taking it seriously or not, I think that just showing up is hard enough for everybody to do today. So when they somebody makes a decision to, you know, create that um, space for themselves, you know, facilities have to deliver. And I think that's what we're seeing, uh, you know, much I th- more. I think, I think Brian's absolutely right. 10, 15 years ago, Exercise was always going to be fun for those few people that thought it was fun to do exercise, but that's it. Everybody else, it was hard work, and that was – it wasn't a detriment, but it made it much harder for people to sustain what they were doing because it just wasn't fun. Yeah. I think now with the, with the gamification and all of the interactive capabilities that were out there, and yeah, there were a lot of them on the floor, it's now gone to the point where people, if it's properly structured – they can get engaged because it's fun and the fact that they get exercise and physical and physiological and other, you know, neurological benefits out of it is the benefit. It's not the reason they do it. There's now so much out that they can do because it's fun, whether it's competitive or just enjoyable or whatever it is. And the exercise benefits are almost the icing on the cake, but it's not just the cake anymore. And I think that's to what Brian said it never used to be fun and just exercising I don't think ever will be fun. But when you add a lot of the technology and the gamification and the interaction with your neighbor, with social media, with some platforms you can compete to somebody on the other side of the world, not even in real time, it's that makes it fun. And then people will realize the fitness benefits almost in spite of themselves. At the end of the day, I don't think it matters to the industry if people get the results because they want the results and then have fun, or if they want to have fun and they get the results, what matters is both are accomplished. Uh, I do. I do agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So obviously there was a lot of technology 
um, across FIBO USA. And uh, Yvonne, I'll get you to go first on this. What are some of the insights that you can share with the listeners today that you witnessed with fitness technology? You know, uh, just piggyback on these conversations about having fun and, you know, we had had in the past really a a small amount of people that were having fun in gyms. And now with addition of technology, addition of apps, addition of gamification and games, um, it it makes it really easier for more people to be engaged. And what I really liked at the FIBO trade show was uh, one of the um, one of the vendors had a um, huge screen with uh, different um, sort of like a, a Pokemon, you know, figures that you had to uh, hit with the ball and then you got prizes. And I think that's where we're going. Um, it, maybe not in the big scene, but I think it's coming in a way to engage more people. And the, the digital technology can be big as that and small as in palm of your hand. So a lot of people these days are coming to gyms and, you know, doing the Tabata workouts right off their palms uh, with, on their cell phones. So I think that's, that's becoming a norm in technology. Mm-hmm. Brian? Well, you know, I think, I think the, the one concern that I have always is that if everything, you know, is relegated to mobile, then why would somebody come see you at the health club, you know, and I think about that a lot because we see a lot of large operators that are integrating either, you know, more friendly environments, bring your phone, you know, that's simple, but also apps that, you know, they may be encouraging um, clients to use um, when perhaps they're away from, uh, you know, the facility itself. But I think the experiences that will be meaningful for digital are, you know, ones that are designed to, you know, really bolster the, you know, the physical environment within the commercial space. So, you know, we've all, at least I have several times seen people holding their phones up, trying to, you know, put it down, figure out where they're going to, you know, somebody's not going to stomp on it in the, uh, in the, in the, you know, free weight area and, you know, trying to figure out their work out there. And, you know, I think, I think logistically there's some better ways to solve for that. Um, but we're seeing a lot of really neat uh, new digital integrations that, that, that can. Yeah, I'm, I must admit, uh, in my And you club, have one, sorry to apologize, but you have, Brian, one digital, you know, video, video product with active, um, the, the trainers and the solutions that you have, which yeah. are really great. I, I yeah, think they're very you. great. You know? Well, I appreciate that very much. I mean, we have, we, you know, our products are, you know, again, focused on really trying to help the operator first, right? Because if we feel right. like we can help them in their business they can do what they do best and really help clients achieve their, you know, their, their health and wellness goals. So yeah, we, we do have a product that, you know, in particular active TV product that tries to create, you know, an easier pathway for, um, you know, members to, to benefit from guidance. Um, and there's a lot of different ways we do that, but, you know, I think most importantly, we just really want to make the, the, you know, the environment, Again, health club, studio, whatever it is, you know, more sticky, you know, really make it where that, you know, the clients can actually, uh, you know, want and are willing to be inconvenienced, if you will, right, to to drive there, to go there and, and be there. Um, and I think that's also what Cosmo was sharing earlier, you know, that's just really what the guest expectation is today. Otherwise, why, why do they have to leave their home? You know, and it, it, it's interesting. Well, I agree with both of you. <laughs> 
But I, I have a slightly different take on the evolution than you do, Brian. I love the active stuff, by the way. Big fan. Um, yeah. As a consultant, I like trying to place that you, your your brand with with clients because I I like what you do. I like the approach to it. Um, but I see a slightly different evolution of it. Yes, I agree that the proliferance of technology has made it has given the potential for people to feel the the physical contact in the gym is less and less important with all of these other features. But with all of the gamification, all of the things that are now available in the gym that are connected to technology, to me, I think the, the evolution, you can't pull people away from their phones. Now that the technology is there, I don't think you can pull them out of that. But what I do think will happen is at some point, it's not that personal trainers are going to become irrelevant. There will always be a need for the physical trainer. There's always going to be a statistically significant bulk of the population that need and or want that real-time, real person because they're not technologically oriented. Maybe they're in a population that just doesn't embrace technology. There will always be a market for it. But I do see an evolution of the personal trainer to accommodate the younger generation, for instance, that's very tech-oriented to evolve away from being a personal trainer into being a life wellness coach and let people Absolutely. use the technology yes. to do what they want in and out of the gym. But the trainers are still holding them accountable, giving the guidance, pointing directions, checking form, but not a personal trainer in the current sense of the word, but more, um, more 30,000 foot view. I'm, I'm going to, I'm not your trainer. I'm in your coach. Here's what you do. I'm going to keep you informed, keep you on track, make sure you understand what the technology is doing and step into a new role that embraces what the technology can offer. And I think it, to some extent, trainers that don't evolve with that will get left behind if all they can do is A, not B. It's a hybrid. You know, I think, you know, what we offer at Aquila is uh, we offer an app where we have an, a hybrid approach where we have a trainer that designs a program and then the customer does it, checks in on its own and then reports back to the trainer. So I think, you know, you're, we're, we're seeing those integrations in, in, in trying to encompass more people in our programs. So I think that's the hybrid was Cosmo was saying, you know, it's not going to be exactly like we, we have it now, but it's going to be more integrated, but it's not going to replace, I don't think it's ever going to replace the human factor um, I think it's just going to be a hybrid. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I you think know, what's, I, sorry. I was just going to say, Mel, one quick comment. I think what, what they've both described is really the core of where technology matters most, which is they're talking about bettering not just the, you know, entertainment experience, but the engagement experience. And those are both the ways that you can take technology, not just for the sake of technology, but use it to scale use it to better create more accountability um, with the, their members and more touch points than actually um, lessen or water down the experience. So I love that. What, yeah. what concerns me, and this is probably actually throwing it a little bit away from FIBO, but what concerns me the most about technology, and I love technology, we all know that, but what concerns me is the more tech we have out there and the more attached the younger generation are to their phones. What's happening is that the social interaction and the talking and being around other people is declining. And what's happening is that's pushing up, obviously, um, you know, all of our other chronic illness, depression, all those mental health problems, all of that's happening. How can we 
stop that from happening, but still move forward as an industry with technology? Um, I think I love that you've noticed that because, Mel, I think that's a very underappreciated detriment of all of this wonderful technology. And it's great to finally, you know, to have that out in the open, that it does it does put blinders on to a lot of the social interaction. I think the way to to really address that is the fitness industry as a whole, um, the trainers, the owners, the technology, the industry as an entity really needs to be much more proactive in reaching out to the other wellness industries, to physicians, to healers, to naturopaths, to chiropractors, to physical therapists, so that we can collectively come up with solutions that incorporate technology while still encouraging the interaction, the sociology, and all of the other things that you said are, are falling by the wayside, because I, I agree with you entirely. The fitness industry by itself can't do it because technology won't be stopped. But if we work with non-fitness entities that are still concerned with the overall body wellness of our clients, you know, fitness industries it's typically look at the fitness side of it, but we need to be considering their medical health, their psychological health, and all of those other factors. We need to grow the scope of our voice to incorporate those other factors in how do we take technology forward without sacrificing what you just mentioned. We can't do it by ourselves except talk about it, but I think we need to engage outside of this to really bring that argument forward so we can develop technology that understands it's not a replacement for physical interactivity or real conversation or human interaction. It's an enhancement to it. It's an addition to it, but it's not a one or the other. It's just one of the puzzle pieces, but we need to talk to the other puzzle pieces. So we're all on the same page, painting the same picture in the long run. Yeah, I, I do. I do agree with that. Um, I'm just going to move away slightly from that subject and just pull back into FIBO. Group programming was absolutely massive um, at, at the expo. I mean, there were classes, there were workshops, everything was happening from Zumba to Paloxing to, you know, programming happening, happening on the active stand. How important, and either anybody here can answer this, how important is it for club owners to get on the new of group programming in order for their businesses to move forward 2020 to 2025? Mm -hmm. Brian, why don't you go first? Because I, you're, you, you see one side of it, and I talk to a lot of different clubs, so I, I have a definite opinion. But uh, someone else can go first if they want. Yeah, well, I'm happy to. You know, I, I guess my my whole feeling. Obviously, there's a lot of flavors today, from hit training to anything that you just mentioned, Val. Um, and I think what's key is both variety and, of course, the balance. And so, variety. I think there's, you know, some people want to enjoy boxing, kickboxing, others are, you know, from map-based Pilates to Zumba, as you say. So, you know, I think that keeps the fun factor in play. Um, but I also think, obviously, modality balance is very important. Um, recovery is so important today, right? So there are, you know, reco group recovery sessions and, and so many other ways to do this today that operators can be creative um, and, and really utilize a more communal approach either small group or large group. So I think those are the fundamentals that, of course, if you want to be competitive in this market forward, one way or the other, you have to address those elements in my view. 
Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, there needs to be more and more recovery happening in all clubs. Uh, just really quickly, my opinion on that is that people all jumped on the, the hit bandwagon, you know, a decade ago. And instead of just doing one class recover, they were doing two or three classes a, a day in some cases. And now we seem oh. to have this whole generation that are needing recovery and needing physio. And they've moved away from these high activity um, programs. And now they're actually repairing their body from all the damage that they've done previously. So I definitely think recovery stretch classes, all those types of things are going to be an absolute massive hit moving forward. Cosmo, what do you think? Well, I think in in terms of your your initial question, what do clubs need to do for programming? Brian's right. Variety is part of it well, within limits. But I think there's there's a second question that has to be asked in order for club to answer the programming question. And that is, what are they trying? What is their demographic and what are they trying to accomplish? Because they're very much interconnected. I think clubs that try to do a little bit of everything just for the sake of having everything are going to have a whole lot of classes that are underpopulated just to have them there. They really need to understand their demographic. Is it 20 to 30? Is it 30 to 50? Is it 50 plus? Is it 60 plus? Is it men? Is it women? What is the demographic? What are their general goals? And then look at the programming that gives the widest variety that will accomplish those goals for people in different ways. Some clubs may be ideal for tons of small group programming and no one's going to show up for a Zumba class. Some clubs may be all about Zumba and try pound and paloxing, but you're never going to get them into a step or a traditional sculpt or boot camp. You have to know your audience. But I don't think any major club can really succeed without some group programming because of the social interaction, because of the, uh, the, the member interaction that really breeds a lot of that. But it's it's not a question that can be answered in a vacuum. Every club, sh every club by definition should have a different answer to what does my club need to do in this location to best satisfy my five and 10 mile radius. Okay. So yeah. Yvonne, can I just ask you a question? <laughs> all right. Yes. Now, business solutions in order to have all of this great technology, this great programming and, you know, have EMS in our club, have all these fantastic tools that we see at these expos. We have to have great business solutions in our club, don't we? We need to be able to run the front end correctly. We need to have great staff uh, and we need to have, you know, great strategies and procedures happening. What were some of the better business solutions that were on offer at Thebo that you saw that you think club owners should look at to implement into their business? Um, you know, there was a variety of technology. Again, technology, we're going back to technology because that makes a business solution flow from the front to the end. And I think today, if you don't have some sort of a... Um, uh, a software or app that takes your customers, that analyzes your customers, that analyzes your behavior. Everything's ex experiential, like Cosmos said, you know, and Brian, very, everything very specific. One club can do this, the other club can do that. And I think to have all of this under uh, one umbrella and for an average fitness uh, enthusiast or fitness manager to be able to handle all this, um, you really have to know your uh, business apps in sort of a software area. And I think that's, um, you know, sadly to say it, you know, apps are back again, helping us to make this process easier. Of course, we're going to have 
um, you know, great products and innovative ideas, but, you know, uh, we have to segment our market. We have to see if this is specifically good for where we are or not. Um, I think going back to the group programs as, as what I really found interesting in FIBO, there was a great session by Todd Magazine from Blink Fitness, and they don't have group fitness programs <laughs> at all. And they are flourishing. They're they're making you know because they know their market. They 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 formulate their, their niche and they are doing excellent. So I think um, you know what Cosmo said about being niche and knowing your market is very important today. You you cannot have one club that has everything in it. So from the business solutions, you know that probably is the prime primary factor of everybody uh, trying to make a target you know uh, what what why, why am i here why is my club here and what are we trying to do and mel if if i make one quick comment to piggy back on what ivan just said i think apps are a big part of it you have to have the right software running your business to really take the customer journey through everything you want to with all of the program we talked about but i think there's one more piece that's a little bit often um misunderstood or not understood and that is the fitness industry has been running essentially the same business models, membership models, personal training operations, the same business models for a very long time. And I think the majority of the clubs in my experience, in this, in this, whether it's a small studio or a big club, are underperforming financially, some drastically, some moderately. But I think every club could be doing better. And if you ask their owners, should they be doing better? They'd say yes. And I think even before you put in the apps that have to run everything properly, clubs need to really analyze their business model. Is it an antiquated model or are they actually running a model that is designed to do what they're trying to do? And I think a lot of clubs are still running an old model trying to come up with new solutions. And it's like a restaurant. You can have the best marketing in the world if your food sucks, your food sucks. You, you have to really look at the business model at the root level and then put all of the pieces, the right apps, the right staff, the right experience, the right everything else to do everything that Brian and Yvonne talked about. But there are some problems that really go down to the root level. And I think a lot of clubs have not taken the time or don't understand that just because it's, it has done something for the last 20 or 30 years doesn't necessarily mean that's the best way to move forward. Yeah. Brian, would you like to add to that? Well, I think that's well stated. I mean, you know, variety is uh, is one thing, but if you can't execute, it doesn't matter. You know, right. it just doesn't matter. So you, you've got to know your audience, and I think that's the theme here. You've got to understand who you're trying to be appeal to, and, and, you know, you can't be everything to everyone. I think we all know that in business and in life. So I, I really agree, you know, we are, and that's why we see such a greater degree of specialization with the advent of boutique studios, you know, sometimes they're single focused um, classes or, 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 you know, sessions that are, you know, on point with what they're experts on. And then that's why you see uh, class pass and others, everybody's bouncing around to the degree that a single facility can have at least a deep enough arsenal of variety of balance and execution in, you know, um, in how they operate. Then I think that, that is working within their means. That's a winning combination. And uh, that's the expectation from the guest uh, or, yep. you know, member today. Fantastic. So here we are post FIBO USA Miami. We're about three weeks out. Uh, obviously, you've all gone back. You've all got back into the swing of it. 
If you could give one piece of advice to a club owner or to a consumer, what would it be for 2020 to get their business ahead? Cosmo, you can go first. Uh, well, for, for the for the club owner to get your business ahead, I'll just restate what I said. Take a step back and look at your underlying business model. Is it really structured for long-term future success or isn't it? Um, I think, and then all of the other pieces Brian and Yvonne talked about lie on top of that. Everything's important. The, the variety, the customer journey, the customer experience, the technology, the apps, all of that is very important. But you have to have the right foundation on which to put all of those pieces. So my advice to club owners is take a look at your underlying business model with a fine tooth comb and really see if you're structured for the next 10 years and let them set up to be better than the last 10. Evan. So my advice to club owners is definitely get on the health and well-being bandwagon. <laughs> um, there is a huge, I mean, health and well-being is everywhere around us. And I think everybody's looking for solutions and approach. And fitness industry has always been the forefront of health and well-being. And I think we have a huge opportunity to uh, even make it better um, for health and well-being to integrate, work with different practitioners, uh, align yourself with referrals, with doctors, physical therapists, uh, chiropractors, nutritionists, lifestyle coaches. Um, that is a key to a really good long-term longevity of a health club business. And Brian. Yeah. yeah, you know, make impact. Really, I mean, just don't, you know, don't be different just to be different, but but have an offering that when somebody comes to your place of business that they're energized and they want to come back for more. And so, you know, identify that audience, give them what they want, exceed their expectations, you know, create something that, you know, they want to tell others about. That's the fastest way to grow your business. You know, have somebody else sell it for you, I think. And, you know, that's really, that's really some of the, some of the things that, that I think um, would really elevate um, everybody in our industry to, you know, stay away from as much me too as possible and try to really define your brand and your experience. And I think that's really a defendable uh, position for operators. I think my advice to, to club owners would be that conventions aren't just for club owners. They are for your staff, whether they're your sales staff, your group fitness instructors, or your personal trainers. The, the conventions are for everybody. And if your team aren't there seeing where the future of fitness is going, then what happens is we as club owners come back and we only pass on a minority of the information that we've seen. So I highly suggest that you invest in your staff and you get them along to these conventions. Talking about conventions, next year FIBO USA returns to Miami in November and prior to that we've got FIBO Singapore and of course the biggest global uh, convention being FIBO Germany. I would think that you gentlemen will be at all of those events. I will be at uh, many of them. Fly miles. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so I was just putting these guys on the spot then, but I know that they'll all be at FIBO USA and I don't doubt that yeah. we'll be touching base in 
Germany and our Singapore FIBO is going to be a fantastic um, event to launch in September. I'm really looking forward to that. What I'll be doing with today's podcast, I will be dropping Cosmo, Yvonne and Brian's contact details in the bottom of the podcast. So if you have any questions for them, um, they do welcome you to get in touch with them and to ask those questions. They may be able to help you move forward in your business. But today, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. I do wish you the best of the luck, best of luck with the rest of the um, the business year. And uh, we'll be catching up with all of these gentlemen real soon. Otherwise, as I said, get in touch with them. Details are at the bottom. And uh, FIBO 2020, all events are going to be absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Thanks, Mel. Thank you, Mel. Thank you. Thanks, Mel. Bye-bye. Take care.